and we shall be talking about our upcoming game, of course, with the Carolina Panthers down in Carolina. And um, listen, we were talking with you know Coach uh, Pat Shermer earlier. Uh, to Pat's credit, he you know, and the, to me, folks, I know fans. It's not just fans, fans, media, everybody. Everybody wants to get out of the gate, wants to feel good, wants to see, you know, maybe a couple of wins together, uh, get things turned around. Uh, last week clearly um, was unexpected. Not, not to me so much that they lost the game. They were playing the New Orleans Saints. They were playing uh, Drew Brees. It wasn't that they lost, but it's just everybody's waiting for – the offense to get untracked. In fact, I was talking today um, with Sterling Shepard because he's going to be a guest of mine on my uh, Fox 5 uh, pregame show. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Sterling about you have so much explosive talent on the offensive side of the ball, okay? So much explosive talent. I mean, teams would kill to have a trio, you know, for example – not, not even a trio, a quartet. You're talking about, of, of course, Odell. You're talking about Sterling Shepard. Really? Think about it. You're talking about Saquon Barkley. You're talking about Evan Ingram. That's four, four, four studs, okay? Uh, so I asked Sterling about the frustration dealing with not being able, because he said to me, the team hasn't been able to get on track yet. And what's it like not being able to get on track and deal with the frustration of it? He says, well, you're just dealing with it and just trying to get better every day. And to Pat Sherman's credit, that is the game plan, to keep getting better, to stick with it. I, I asked questions such as, you know, losing can certainly pull teams apart. It, it certainly can divide a locker room. I have seen it happen. I will tell you this, I've been in this locker room Every day I'm in the locker room. The only day I'm not in the locker room is on uh, days off or, or like Saturdays, the day before a game. And I'm telling you, I have seen no problems with morale, you know, whatsoever. Having said that, that doesn't mean that lasts forever. You know, losing, winning builds confidence. Losing can take you in the opposite direction. Not always. But sometimes, then, then it, that depends on your leadership and what you have helping you out. Again, to Pat Sherman's credit, he remains on a very even keel. He wants to the team to get better. Uh, whether you or I or members of the media or all the fans, you know, like it. We're talking about a team that was three and thirteen last year. Big time changes. We want it to happen yesterday. But that's unrealistic, okay? We all want it to happen yesterday. And especially in this town, you know, everybody says rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. Well, nobody has patience to rebuild in this town. And it's, it's, I'm not talking about just the Giants. I'm talking about any team. It could have been the Yankees. It could be the Mets. It could be the Knicks. doesn't matter. N nobody has patience in this town to rebuild. You want it done instantly. It's just unrealistic to think that way. There are good players on this team, but they have to start paying dividends. Starting this week in Carolina would be a good... Speaking of Carolina, let's go to David down in North Carolina. 201-939-4513 is the number. David, how are we doing today? 
Hey, buddy. How's it going, my brother? Good. How you doing? Hey, pretty good. Um, yeah, down here in North Carolina, uh, going to the game Sunday. Um, <clears throat> hate to, I, I hate to start off the show this way, but, um, you know, and that was a good opening segment. I, you're right. The, the town, the city, the fans in general aren't patient, but, but I, I consider myself patient. And I would, I mean, I know it's easy to say, but I would have been happy with a, uh, Eight and eight season, a nine and seven season. I have to tell David. We're still in the season, right? David, I want no, no. I'll let you continue, but I just want to tell you something. You're one of the few people, and that's a very commonsensical approach. I think I mentioned it yesterday. Eight and eight, coming off three and thirteen, would be pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. And I'll tell you, I'll give you a better one. Outside of this city, if you took a team, you know, if the media in New York was judging some team in another city that was 3-13 and 13 last year and, and you picked them to go 8-8, eight and eight, people would say, what are you, nuts? That's too lofty a goal. Yet in this city, they were even talking about 9-7 and seven in Milwaukee. I mean, and I'm not saying it can't, it's not, it can't happen or it's not going to happen, but I just right. think there has to be something realistic. But I got to ask you this before I let you continue. How's a guy with that North Carolina twang become a Giants fan? Yeah, so I uh, <laughs> we didn't have a, a team, you know, for a long time since I think I want to say uh, what ninety four, ninety five is when the Panthers came in. Uh, so my my dad and uncle were uh, long distance truck drivers. They had to drive a lot up and uh, to that area up north in the New England area, uh, PA area. And um, I grew up in the uh, the 80s, and so, man, it's just the, the heyday of living. Uh, you know, they were kind of the team, and I played football, and that I like defense. Um, I like their style of play. Mm-hmm. And my uncle and father would bring, uh, you know, memorabilia stuff down, and, and that's how I became a fan. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, even though the Panthers are here, um, I was already, you know, a Giant fan through and through. Well, so obviously you're you're kind of being surrounded this weekend by the enemy, if you will. <laughs> yeah, for sure, and I'll be I'll be there uh, in Bank of America. But uh, I tell you, every year I've ever went, man, uh, and Giants fans know this. They always travel really well, and I, and I promise you, Bank of America will have plenty of Giants fans this Sunday. Well, that's um, that sounds good. What else you got for us, David? Yeah, so I mean, it it kills me to say this, Russ. But I, I'm just really worried, man, when I, I go back and, um, try, you know, and I'm no expert, but try to look at, at, the, at the film and, and at some of these games and throw the Dallas game out. I mean, that was just a terrible game in all facets. Nobody could have succeeded in that game. But the more and more I watch of that Saints game, I feel that, to your point, hey, this may only be an 8-18. Eight and 18. This may only be a 9-17. and 17. So You can't peg it on one guy. But – with the way the rules are set up, with the way the NFL set up, I mean, you would if you would think that this team would be able to run into 25 points, 30 points, and I and I really do think a lot of our struggles are on Eli Manning, and and I and I think what it is is it's just years and years and years of hits, and he's hearing the ghost, he's hearing the footsteps, and he's getting the ball out entirely, entirely too quick, even when he does have a pocket. I think. He's gotten to the point where he doesn't have that 
sixth sense that a lot of, of your great quarterbacks have well, uh, that he that he had, and I think it's gone. Let, let, and, let, let me just say this to you uh, about that, David. And, and y- you know, you probably haven't seen, but Paul Dottino has joined me. So, Paul, if you, you want to uh, chime Hello. In. <laughs> How are you, buddy boy? <laughs> Better late than never. Absolutely. Um, but y- you know what? I, I think y- – you know, the I say you hear me say it several times, David. You know, the the hip bones connected to the rear end bone, the rear ends connected to the leg bone and the knee bone and the shin bone. It's all connected. You know, the parts are all connected. I I think, and know what? Nobody on this team throws somebody else under a bus, but it was obvious that fans and media were th- everybody was throwing the offensive line under a bus. Uh, has it improved? Yes. Where it, is it where it needs to be? No. And I think that's part of the situation. Uh, listen, Odell Beckham, everybody's talking about, well, why can't Odell or, or Odell, are you getting frustrated not getting into the end zone and, and stuff like that? Why isn't Eli going downfield? Uh, well, you know, listen, Odell is, himself has said, if he can create double or triple coverage, whatever the hell it is, open things up for somebody else, be it uh, Sterling or Saquon or whoever, great. The problem is that coverage hasn't opened it up for everybody else, and you want to see them take advantage of it. I'm not disputing what you're saying. I think Eli, uh, yeah, I mean, we were talking about it yesterday here, Dave. Eli has said he needs to play better, but he's he's not the only one. And listen, he certainly didn't look like he was hearing footsteps last week, in, uh, a week, two weeks ago, whatever the hell you want to call it, down in Houston. So what was it? What was it, uh, Paul? 17 of 15 to 17 or 12 of 14 in the first half? Yeah. 25 for 29 for the game, 297, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Nobody was talking about footsteps then. You know, listen, the quarterback, no, sure. always, gets, sure. the quarterback always gets all the credit. Well, most of the credit, and he usually gets most of the blame when it's not going right, and it's not going right right now. No, no and you're absolutely right, and, and that's what I mean. I mean, say we flip the script, Eli's playing out of his mind, the defense is playing terrible. There's there's plenty of blame to go around. This is not a, a team threatening to uh, go 16-0 and before the season started, but I, I tell you a telltale play if you guys, and I'm sure Paulie's looked at it. Yeah. It's the third, it's third quarter about 11 and 40-some change on the clock, mm-hmm. third and long. The Saints drop. They actually look like they're going to rush four. They drop three. Eli could have put up a picnic table and, and had a snack, and he just immediately hits Odell on, on, on a drag, kind of crossing route. And and I think that might have been the play where Odell tries to be a Houdini and, and backpedal and looks like all of a sudden he's going to do a bariette. Barry yeah. Sanders-esque type move, but they only rushed three. He could have waited for something to develop. And, and and there's a couple plays in that game where the pocket is pretty clean and he just dumps it off way too quick. And All right. Here, here's... I'm worried, that, that, that Eli that stood in the pocket and took a beating in 2011 in San Fran, and, and that team didn't have a great offensive line. That team didn't have a great running game. But now this is 2018, and you've got – Seven years of that over and over and over again. And it's, it's kind of like, I, I don't know if you get that out of your system once 
once All right. you I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go to that one specific play. And thank okay. you. Thanks for the call, David. Much appreciated. Bro. All right. Appreciate it, guys. OK, no problem. He, he, he wants some more knowledge on that one specific play. All right. He, here are the things that you have to consider. If they're only rushing three, that means there are eight guys in some type of coverage. OK, your percentages indicate that that's not good to throw the ball deep. Now, you're right. Hold the ball longer. Wait for routes to develop. What good are developing routes if they've got eight guys downfield and you only have three guys running routes? That's not going to help you too much. Okay, that's number one. Number two, you have to also understand that the Giants are of the belief that a guy like Odell, a guy like Shepard, and a guy like Barkley, and they've seen it enough of times to have a reasonable, a reasonable opinion that even throwing a six-yarder to Odell could wind up being a 35-yarder because he's that good at juking defenders. So when you dump a ball down to Odell, to Barkley, to Shepard, it's not automatically going to be a four-yard dump, okay? No, that's not the case. To most guys, yeah, that's all it is. It's a check down, it's a dump off, and that's all they're going to get. But with the ability to get yards after the catch by these three players who are so dynamic and so explosive... Even a short five-yard dump-off pass can be a 30-yarder in a matter of a second and a half. That's what we were talking about here yesterday, Paulie, with, um, I I was talking about it with uh, Lance. And, you know, and Odell himself has said it, and and the coach has said it. You know, a big play, an explosive play, doesn't necessarily have to be a 30- or a 40-yard bomb, you know, downfield. You know, it could be exactly what Paul is saying, you know, a crossing pattern, something, and then you have your guys do their thing. And as Paul has said, Odell, Saquon, they all have the ability to bust it open. The frustration is... Make a guy miss, and they can do that. But but we haven't seen one of those big plays happen where it's busted out. That's what people want to see. And I get you. Listen, everybody's frustrated. But I can assure you this, folks, nobody is more frustrated than the players themselves. It, It comes down to this. They're playing the percentages, and the math indicates you got a better shot at one of those guys getting yak yardage and breaking tackles and making guys miss than you do of having a success of throwing a ball downfield when it's three receivers against possibly eight defenders. It's just, it's just that's, that's the simple math of it. Now, here's what I would do on occasion. I, I, there are three ways. I, I don't know. Did you guys talk about the two-deep zone yet today? Not, no, no, we just, you came five minutes Oh, I was, I was at, started. oh, good. We, we go. got, Tina Servacio was great today. Good. She just zipped through her questions. We got through, done real quick. I'll tell you guys later in the program, there are three ways to beat a two deep zone, which teams have been using against the Giants. We'll get to that in the second half of the show. I will only say one thing now, Russ, in terms of previewing that. There comes a time where you got to go back to old school football and you have to punt on the analytics Punt on the percentages and say, you know what, Eli, I know you can make that throw and you can make that play. Odell, I don't care if it's double coverage. I know you can beat those guys. Go out there and make a play, fellas. Just go make a play. I I think what Paul you're talking about and to the fans what Paul is talking about, and it's, it's kind of something that bothers me. I'm not talking about just in football. Uh, it, it, it's, it's more prevalent in baseball 
And speaking of baseball, you are, the, the Yankees are playing tonight. Go Bombers! But no, Severino! But, but really, it's, <laughs> everything is by the book. Every, everything, it, it, it's, it's, it's like... Analytics say, is taking analytics over. Analytics and sabermetrics, it's by the book. Instead of saying, you know what? Screw this. It, you know what? It's like waking up and saying... Listen, they had a fake punt against the Giants. The, the Saints did. It's like, yeah, it's, the timing's not right, but let's do it. You know, I, I got a feeling it's going to work out. That's what Sean Payton but, does. But, but in fairness, in fairness, when you're trying to build something and it's not working out, listen, I don't, uh, uh, just before you came in, Pat Sherman, you see him every day like I do, even keel, mm -hmm. you know, solid as a rock. He's trying to build the confidence. He's never going to throw anybody under a bus. But th that confidence has to grow with everybody. And then I think when that confidence is there, you tend to want to take more chances. Or like you say, thinking out of the box for a moment. But until, you know what? I think if they would have won last week's game against the Saints, they would have won two in a row. And all of a sudden, you're building our momentum. I love that you just said out of the box because years ago, analytics was considered out of the box. That's right. Now... It's the gut feel it's that's considered out of the box right. because it's flopped around. Look, you and I sat down and listened to Bill Parcells do pressers about 5 billion times over the years when he was head coach of this team. Do you honestly believe that Bill Parcells would have told Phil Simms, Joel Morris, for that matter on defense, Lawrence Taylor, Carl Banks, we're going to play the percentages because the percentages say this is what you should do on the play? No, no. Bill Parcells went and pushed buttons on players every week to make sure that they were going to go and win their one-on-one -on -one matchups and beat their guy. The heck with the percentages. That's not what it was about. It was about my guy, Mano Amano, is going to beat their guy. And I'm going to challenge my guy to make sure he beats their guy. Can I say something or ask you a question? What was Bill's record his first year? 312 and 1. That was my first year, and I remember it all too well. Okay, but, but that's my point. The, the point is, that's great, and, and they stuck with Bill, fortunately, because yeah. you know, had Howard and Schellenberger decided to take the job, that might not have been a Who big, knows? No, no, but, but that's the point. When you get some success, mm -hmm. then, you, then your attitude changes. Then your confidence is building. And I'm not, I'm not remotely saying it, so don't misinterpret my words. I'm not remotely saying that Pat Shermer lacks confidence. That is not the case. But I'm saying once he sees some more production or consistency in what they need to do, in particular on offense, then I think that will enhance the confidence that he will have. In you know what will give them more confidence? A win! A, a win, but also let, let Odell lose. Okay, let Odell loose and just say, look, I don't care what the percentages are. I know you can beat that secondary. And I know, Eli, you can make the throw to beat that secondary because we've seen it for four years. So go make a play. Forget the percentages. Forget the fact that they're playing too deep zone. The heck with them. We're going to beat it. And That's what will help confidence. And nothing could be finer than than them doing it in Carolina. There you this go. This Sunday. In the morning. <laughs> All right. Uh, we love you, but like, uh, <laughs> let's not push the envelope too much there, big boy. 201-939-4513 is the number. Want to remind everybody that Big Blue Kickoff Live 
here is presented to you by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win yourself amazing Giants prizes throughout this 2018 season. Let's go to our pal in PA, Joe. Joe, how are we doing today? Hey, hi, guys. Everybody's hey, frustrated. You know, we've seen this uh, movie last year. But the, but the thing to me is, like, uh, Jacksonville at first, that game was a hard-fought loss. Yeah. The Dallas game we blew on assignments, and last week we blew it, too, by not giving ourselves a chance. You've got to do your job, and you can't have the setbacks. You've got to, you got to take what the defense gives you. There's nothing wrong with getting three, four, and five yards and getting first downs, but the key to it is being de- uh, disciplined. They keep having the setbacks with the penalties, uh, miss blocks, sacks, misses assignments. That's for the most part, and Joe, that's what killed us. Joe, you're missing, you're missing a fundamental point here. I'm sorry I have to stop you because you're missing a fundamental point. The Giants are not running the ball nearly effectively enough well, I, Paul, to balance out this offense. I'll do that, whatever it is. No, but here's, three, the re- here's, four, here's part of the problem. Run, but no, we but, can't have the penalty. Yeah, but here's that. part of the I'll problem. Take a three, four, or five-yard pass. Joe, anyway. Joe, Joe, here's the problem, okay? Until you start hitting some stuff deep, okay? Until you start hitting some stuff, some stuff deep, and until you start getting some running plays going, the defense will not be on their heels. They are cheating right now. They're cheating I, against well, the big pass, I, and they're cheating against Paul, the run. Know, but, they're, but Paul, they're, they're Paul and Joe, Joe, both of you, hold on a second. I'm going to try. Me, no, I, I'm just saying they're playing back. They're giving us this short stuff. Yes, yes. Joe, 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 ha- Joe, Joe, hang on, hang on one second. I'm going to try and mediate between you and, and Paul here. I get what Paul is saying. I agree with that to a point. But Joe, uh, but Paul, to Joe's point, what I agree with. Listen. You might want to see it, and I want to see it, you know, the big play. Having said that, what they didn't do the week before in, in, um, in Houston, they went back to doing it this past week against the Saints. The penalties, as Joe is saying, instead of being third and second and short and, and third and, and four, you know, you're first and 20, second and 15. Right, that's that, that's, that's, that's right. Yeah, but you guys are both, you're, you're both missing the core of the onion here. The whole reason that occurs is because there is a basic defensive philosophy against an offense that is a bit out of sync or not efficient. And that core philosophy is make them nickel and dime down the field because the more plays they have to execute to move down the field – the greater the chances that they're going to make a mistake and screw up. That is exactly the defensive coordinator's philosophy against the Giants right now. Well, Go ahead. Uh, uh, nickel I, I and dime down the field. You. Take Whatever 11 plays do, and you'll I'll screw take, up. But we That's exactly what's happening. We can't be missing our assignments. I we agree. should know our assignments. You okay, know but I mean? Joe, because Joe. we are being, it's Joe, coming to third down and it's If a possession, if a possession has 11 plays in it to drive downfield instead of only five or six, that doubles the chances no, no, that her, you could make a mistake with a sack or a but penalty Paul, or a lost run. But, but and well, Joe, I, Joe I, buddy. I, I don't care what we do, Paul, but we can't be. I, you got to do your job. You can't be hurting the team and being in the long run. Okay. Uh, you know, because it's easier for the defense on that third and 15 or third and 20. Joe. You know, Joe. Uh, that's. It's just too much long yardage, Paul. Joe, We're hurting ourselves. Joe, I tend to agree with you, buddy, and thank you for the call. 
I think, in fairness to Joe, I get your point, but I think you're missing Joe's point, Paul, to, to, to a degree. And, and what I think is, I get it. Yes, if, if you're running 11 players as opposed to the five, yeah, okay, you're increasing your chance for an error. I get that. But now we're talking about what you don't like. We're talking about analytics. I'm just saying you're not going to be in that position. You're not going to have to go in that position of 11 plays or 10 plays or whatever the hell it is if, you, if you're not getting in those third and long and, you know, penalty situations where it's second and 20 or stuff. I mean, that's a problem in itself. Yeah, but, Ross, if you hit a big play in the drive, you're probably going to eliminate four or five if plays off the drive. If my Aunt Tilly had, you know what, she'd be my okay, Uncle Willie. Okay, but, but that's what you have to do. You have to take these defenses out of the philosophy that they are employing, which is putting the Giants no, in position Paul, Paul, to screw up. Buddy, no one is disputing that. I think all, all that Joe from PA was saying, you still have to stop shooting yourself well, in sure the foot. Well, sure you do. That's... To me, that's the only. I agree. We, Actually, we agree we're with all, that. We're all we're all correct. Yes. It's just that the layer of the problem. We're talking about different layers. You guys are talking about the B layer. I'm talking about the A layer. But we're both correct. Want to order layer cake now too? Only if it's got chocolate in it. Okay. Let's go to. Oh, by the way, folks. Again, two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the number. Let's go to our buddy in Queens, Travis. Travis, you're on with uh, Russ and Paulie Dots. How you doing, buddy? How you guys been? Hi, good. Um, your opening segment, Russ, goes into my point, but I want to first start with uh, this game Sunday. To me, is the season meaning playoffs or no playoffs? If, if we win, if we win or lose. Now to go into my issue is that uh, I believe our situation starts from the top. And when I say the top, I think Mara screwed up when he let go of Coughlin. He let him go. Uh, Travis, do me a favor. Buddy, are you speaking into your phone? Because I I didn't want to say this the other day, and and you're a good caller, but either you're not speaking into the phone or the connection is no good, and you're the only one that we're hearing this with. So just make sure you're speaking into the phone. All right. All right, you get me now? Yeah, there you go. I, I mean, I know you're a smart guy, but you don't have to show us when you're calling us that you're multitasking, okay, buddy? Right, right. No, I'm definitely not multitasking. I'm focused. But okay, my phone's a little slow. But anyway, um, so, so my point I'm making is that I believe it's startup top, and I think Mara, he let go of Coughlin too early. You know, I, I think that, I think that uh, uh, him doing that, it rushed everything. You know, uh, the pieces that McAdoo had, that uh, Pat Sherman had, those, that two-year stint with McAdoo, he, he had a better team than Coughlin did when they got rid of him that, that last year of Coughlin's tenure. And Pat Sherman has a better team. And then, then McAdoo did both tenures. Uh and I know it's early in the season. I understand that. Uh, but I, I, I do think that because right now, to me, these four games that was played, it was all winnable. None of these games we got smoked or, 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 or we got whooped. It was, in my opinion, the play calling. You take the first game, right? So the, 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 the first game against Jacksonville. 
when we're on a well, like yeah, but but Travis, Travis, but buddy, I I love you, but you, you want to know what? We, we can't be going back to, to each game. You know, you know, we we know what was and and. Right. Let let's go. Okay. We're, we're coming off the last yeah. game, okay? We we're not gonna. We can't dissect the last four games. All right, but because my point is, this, it's the the play calling is horrible. On top of the play calling is horrible. It hurts. The play calling is horrible because it's inconsistent. It hurts Eli because once Eli do one bad thing and we lose, that's the thing everybody focuses on. And it, and, it, and it sucks for Eli. Well, but, but but you know what, Travis? Uh, again, I said it before. The, the quarterback gets the credit, buddy. And thanks for the call, Trav. The quarterback gets the credit, and he also gets most of the blame. That's the way it is. You know, I, I commented on this yesterday. If you recall, and certainly, Paul, you recall, last year when the team was 2-10 and 10, and they benched Eli, the outcry was incredible. And it was in the media. It was every place. The, oh, my God, what are they doing to Eli? And, and believe me, I didn't like it. Paulie didn't like it. Just like you and the fans didn't like it. But the outcry, it, it was intense. Now, let me tell you something. The only reason most of the media made an outcry, they didn't give a rat's patootie that they were benching Eli. They liked the idea that, well, if we get Eli... If we make an issue out of this, you know, it it, it, it helps seal the deal to get Ben McAdoo out of here because they didn't like Ben McAdoo, okay? I think you'd agree with me on that, Paul. They didn't like him, that's for okay. sure. Okay, having said that, we come into this season, you know, Eli gets his job back, but we come into the season, uh, Dave Gettleman comes, Pat Shermer comes. Listen, they did not have, there was no mandate to keep Eli. None whatsoever. They wanted him. They made an assessment, and and certainly Pat Shermer has a record throughout the National Football League of not being a good coach with quarterbacks, a great coach with quarterbacks. So they keep Eli. After two games, the same media who was killing the Giants for benching him, what Eli when he was two and ten year before, now they they're oh. Gettleman and Sherman made a colossal mistake. It's a blunder. They drafted Saquon Barkley. They should have drafted Donald. But a beep, but a bop, but a boop. Okay? Then Eli has a 25 for 29 game against Houston. And oh, happy days are here again. Eli's great. He shows he's still the man. And now here we go on Sunday, and it's the same crap on Monday. You know, Eli, the constant is Eli. It was the constant last year. It's the constant this year. I mean, I mean, so it just, that's the way it is. And it's always going to be that way. You know, I mean, but, but we can't keep going back on, on all, all the games. And listen, nobody was bigger Coughlin fans than the two guys sitting here. But that's over with. It, it's over with. You know, you can say that, well, we want the Bill Parcells to come back too. That's over with. You got to move forward. Let's go to um, Dexter in Albany. Dexter, how you doing today? Hey, how you guys doing, man? How you, Hi, hey, Paul. What's going on, Russ? What's going on, Dex? Talk to me. How's everything? Hey, Paul, I got a question for you. I know you watch the retapes or the tapes of the. Yes. I know you don't like to talk a lot about the officiating. But, oh, um, the key play was that um, we had the ball where we pinned them down inside the three yard line. Yes, when Tom now, I know Tomlinson, the referee stays behind the quarterback when it's being hiked, right? 
Mm-hmm. Now, you're telling me nobody's seen Dalvin Thompson got tripped and pulled down to the ground? I, uh, no. I, 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 I will tell you something. <laughs> I was uh, on the Giants' sideline about 60 yards away from the play, and I saw Tomlinson go down immediately. And after the play was over, I turned to Michael Eisen, who was the senior writer for Giants.com. I looked at him, and I said, well, where's the flag? Where's the flag? Oh, there's, there's a flag, right? What? No flag? That, I mean, I was incredulous. Um, there were two penalties on that play. Tomlinson was tripped up at the one. and exactly. And after he was tripped up, the lineman, another lineman, next to, next, to the, next to the other Saints lineman, grabbed Tomlinson by the shoulder. Easy with the material here, okay there, buddy? <laughs> grabbed Tomlinson by the shoulder, and as Tomlinson was going forward, then took two hands right in the back of the numbers and face-planted him into the end zone. Now, personally speaking, I believe you could call two penalties on that play. The tripping at the one-yard line, which will have nullified the gain and brought the Saints back to the one-and-a-half. That would have been fine if you called that penalty. Or, mm-hmm. if you didn't see the trip, you easily could have called the holding. offensive lineman for holding. And if that Absolutely. call is made in the end zone, guess what? It's a safety. The Giants get two points. They're down by six, and the Saints have to punt the ball to Eli Manning with three and a half minutes to go. I know. That was the whole key of the game right there. I think that, well, that call right there just, really just, just let me say this. Win. And this is really, what I it think. really did. That this, one play right, right there. All right. All right. But what but I'm saying is this. It the momentum more. that was going right there, really thing. But Dexter, other, I'm with you. Question I got to talk about. Now, well, Dexter, one um, point though. Dexter, hang on a sec. Let, Dexter, Dexter, there's one point that you have to make. The Giants had done a number of things, including butcher a fourth down fake, where the Saints were able to run the ball and get some points out of it. Okay, the Giants had done a number of things during the course of the game that were self-destructive. Plays they didn't make, plays they screwed up, and yet in spite of all of that, had the proper penalty been called with three and a half minutes to go, they would have been in position to win the game. Now that you can say, and that's a fair statement because it's an accurate statement. Having said Mm -hmm. that, had the Giants not done some screwed up things in the first three quarters, maybe they wouldn't have been in that pickle to rely on an official to make the appropriate call. True. True, yeah, true. You, you know, Dexter. Totally understand that. Yeah, but, hey, uh, another question I want to question, uh, follow up on. Our rookies, um, what's the deal with McIntosh? Is he still on IR or is he not practicing? What, what's going no, he's on with not, him? he's not practicing yet. I think you're going to have to consider him a red shirt for the season. Yeah, I think so, too. Oh, for real? Yeah. Because yeah. he had high potential coming in. I, I, I see why B.J. Hill is... I mean, that guy is blossoming. He's I good. He, he gets some more playing time. He, he, oh I God. would say, you know, yeah. quite frankly, B.J. Hill, and, l- l- let's put it this way. You want to talk about draft picks. Uh, Saquon, of course. Yeah. Will Hernandez might have had, you know, a little uh, trouble the first That's game right. or two. Will Hernandez mm-hmm. is, is, is really coming around. And B.J. Who Hill. Lorenzo coming. Carter, too. Lorenzo Carter. You're talking about, you, you know, l- listen. Those Four draft good players. picks are, playing, are paying dividends, and they're paying dividends immediately. Dexter, Josh Morrow is coming off his PED suspension yes. this week, and it sounds yeah, like from is the conversation. It sounds yeah. like from conversation yeah, he will. It sounds like that. It, it sounds like a lot of uh, 
walking wounded. Could we? You could be seeing him. And thanks for the call, Dexter. You could be seeing him this coming week because. I, All right, guys. I, I'll take it off the air. Thanks, uh, Dexter. Right, man in Carolina this weekend. Okay. I don't know, I, but but there seems to be a confidence about Ov Olivier Vernon and uh, Eli Apple. Eli Apple certainly yeah. had some getty up in his his uh, step today. In media portions of practice, both guys look like they were going to go. So that's good news. L- listen, I was ticked off as much as anybody on that tripping and believe me that's not the giants chamber of commerce talking and and again to sherman's credit he would not he would not use it after the game sunday he would not use it today he didn't use it on monday as uh, you know officiating uh bad calls uh giving them the reason for the giants losing but i will say this and i'm not going to make it as an excuse i'm just saying this the officiating in that game, stunk, in particular for the Giants, and quite frankly, around the NFL. I mean, they they got to, Paul, they got to figure this crap out with whether it's defined as a penalty or not. That horse collar was horse bleep, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with, like, you know, the Clay Matthews, the three penalties. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, the league has to fix this business out because, believe me, you don't want to get into... And Belichick has been calling it for uh, calling for it for years. You don't want to get into reviewing penalties, okay? Because if it gets to that point, the games are going to take five and a half hours. All right, but How they got they, they got to fix something. And that's the problem, Ross. How do they get it right? I don't know, but it, how? I don't, I don't, how the human error is always going to but, 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 you, but know, you, you know institute mistakes. I, I don't know, and, and I've said this not just in football, Paul. I, I think I've said it with you. I, it, it's happened in all sports, uh, in particular baseball, too. I don't know if it's made offici- uh, officials lazy. I don't even like using the lazy because that sounds like they're not doing a job, so that wouldn't be fair. Maybe they become too dependent and saying, well, we'll, we'll just worry about the replay. And, and th- they're not showing the gumption to make a call the correct way. Like, to me, after that, um, the horse collar, after I saw that play, Jenkins got called for the horse collar, but I saw all four of them get together. I'm like, I'm sitting with Jeff Eagles. Great. They're going to get this right. They're going to get together, discuss it. One guy's going to say, no, nah, but that was, but nothing. I didn't understand it. Now, again, I'm not, just like the tripping play, uh, like you're saying with Dalvin, Dalvin Tomlinson. Listen. I get it, and that certainly was a penalty. But you know, as Sherman said after the game, we got to make more plays. As well as the defense played, that was an instant where they need to make a play. It's first down. You got them back. I mean, I was was sitting with Jeff Eagles. Well, Tomlinson doesn't doesn't get infracted upon. He's going to get a sack. Breeze is is cooked in the end zone. We hope so. We don't know so. I, I mean, we're talking about what we think would happen. But it didn't happen. He had a free path. Okay, I'm not disputing. But uh, nonetheless, okay, make a play. Come up with uh, something big. All all I know is this. First down on your own three-yard line, you got at that juncture, it was like 330 left in the game. And they they got out of it. And and they got out of it. With some help, but they got out of it. On the first play. And then they got screwed again. Let me ask you a question, Russ, about this penalty stuff and about the replay stuff. Let me ask you something. It's not going to be the perfect solution because there is no perfect solution. But maybe they could reduce half of the mistakes 
if the officials were to get together in conference like they did the other day, and on flags that are thrown, maybe they should be allowed to call upstairs and check with the replay official upstairs and let him confer with them so that they could pick up flags that were inaccurately thrown. Uh, fair, I, right? Okay. How about that? Uh, it, now, now penalties that aren't called, you, there are too many of those in a game where you're going to slow the game down to a, a muddy crawl. Right. What if you just said that on questionable flags that are thrown, we have the ability to pick them up if the replay official upstairs sees you making an egregious error. I, How about that? In theory, I love the idea. In theory, I love the idea. And again, folks, 201-939-4513 is the number. In theory, Paul, it sounds great. But what's the definition of a questionable call? Well, in this case, it was clear. Oh, no, I, I'm saying, but... It was clear. But, but how do you define... Uh, no, in this case, it was clear, but how do you define? What's a, what, are how we going to go back and a holding? I got, I got one for it, you. It's an offside, right. an illegal I got one procedure. For I got one for you. If the call on the field is questionable enough where the officials believe they need to huddle... Oh, fair enough. If they think they need to huddle, then that means they have enough doubt on the field in their minds. More than one official must doubt it. And if they're going to huddle on the field, then it goes up to the guy upstairs. I, I, I like that premise, but then I'm just saying, so there could be a questionable call, and they just decided not to huddle. You know, yeah. Well, it, it's a gray area. No, no, we're trying to solve a problem that really is a problem, not just this past week for the Giants. It's a problem in the National Football League. But, but I'm just saying, by definition, like, like, you know, by definition, people are trying to say. Uh, it is a horse collar uh, call because his arm went possibly under the, the shoulder pad. Bull crap. I mean, that was, I mean, it didn't go under anything. He grabbed him around the shoulders. He put him down. Jenkins got screwed. The Giants got screwed on that play. Period. Okay? No ifs, ands, or buts. But the definition of a, just like we, they can't figure out how to uh, dealing with protecting the quarterback. Okay, I mean Clay Matthews on, and you know on that on the third, you know it was like three weeks or three yeah. plays in a row. Yeah. On the third one, he did everything but lay the quarterback down gently, pick up his face mask, and give him a kiss. You know that's how easy they it are was. putting so much emphasis on the roughing the passer penalty. All right, again, I, I hate to do this because you're going to get mad at me for slowing down the game, but maybe the roughing the passer penalty ought to be one that's reviewable. I mean, look, we have the officials come in every summer during training camp, and they come in, and not only do they help out the teams for a couple of days in determining how the rules are going to be officiated and what new rule changes will be in play this year, but they also meet with the media. And we get an opportunity to sit with the officials, go through a tape that they talk about with emphases and new rules, and then we get to ask them questions. You know what really bugged the heck out of me, Russ? And it's not those guys' fault. It's it's coming from the front office because this is the way they want to have the game officiated. We were told that with the helmet rule, when there's uh, when there's a lowering of the helmet to spear somebody, you know, I get the safety thing of this. I said, okay, now what happens if a guy comes in to make a hit and he's going down to make the hit and you guys flag him because you think it was a helmet leading into the hit. But when we see the replay, it turns out 
that it was only his shoulder that actually drove into the player and the helmet didn't actually do it. You know what the official said to me? He goes, well, upstairs, they have the ability to review that and they can reverse an ejection. If we, if we ejected the guy for spearing with the helmet and they see on the replay that he only got it with his shoulder, they can reverse the ejection and the player can stay in the game. I said, okay, but what about the penalty? Because the penalty itself is, in, is inaccurate. It's wrong. He goes, no, the, pen, the penalty flag still stands. And I looked at the official and I said, okay, so your guy upstairs tells you he hit him with the shoulder, but you're still going to penalize him for hitting with the head. Even though he's telling you he didn't hit with his head and you can't eject him for it. How does that make sense? Well, a lot of things don't make sense. L- listen, I, I, Alec Ogletree, I don't think Alec was making it up when an official said to him, I don't know which play it was. Right, it right. wasn't spelled I, I, out. I'm, I'm sure he wasn't either. But, but, the, but the, the I don't know what the circumstances but, but were the, involving the, that conversation. The, the, uh, an official apparently made a remark to Al, Alec Ogletree that, well, we wouldn't make that call if it was a Super Bowl. You know, and, and incredulously, um, Ogletree, huh? What, what, what the hell sense? Even to say that is opening up this, an ugly this has can not, of again, worms. This has, and I want to get off this topic. Yeah, okay. It has nothing to do with the Giants. No. The bottom line is officiating and the rule book in the National Football League needs to be better. Period. That's the bottom line, and that's across the board for every team in this league. want to remind everybody, folks, that Big Blue Kickoff Live presented to you by Coors Light here. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win yourself amazing Giants prizes throughout this 2018 season. Let's go to the Windy City in Chicago because Mark has been waiting for a while. Thanks for being patient, Mark. You're on with Ross and Paul. Oh, it was a very interesting conversation. This isn't why I called, but why wasn't that uh, fumble that Gallman had a penalty? The guy led with his head to knock the ball out. So isn't that leading with your head? Uh, in fairness, I don't remember, uh, you know, exactly what the hit was at that juncture. We remember, just, it's the crown. Yeah. It, you have to lead with the top of your helmet to, in order for it to be the new helmet, the helmet penalty that they're calling. I don't well, remember I it visually. It wasn't helmet to helmet. No, 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 not helmet to helmet. If you the, lead with the crown of your helmet, you're going to get flagged. If you put his head Mark, and knock the ball away, Mark, that's leading with your head, Mark, I think. Mark, but, but we're just saying to you, I don't remember distinctly. I'm going to look for the play how, right how now. It came up. But I don't remember what, what, visually. What else you got, Mark? Yeah, and uh, I wanted to talk a little bit conceptually and then go into the specifics. You know, if you look at Eli's career, what made Eli great was having a balanced running game, a run-pass balance, play-action pass, downfield throws. When Ben McAdoo came in, he tried to turn him into something else, something that he isn't with that uh, West Coast offense. And you're talking about Shermer being a great quarterback with coaches. I thought that he was starting to go back to this, what I just talked about, what made Eli a good quarterback. I turned that game on on Sunday, and I didn't see the first part of the first quarter because of the NFL, you know, uh, overtime that happened. But that game came on, and I see Eli back in the shotgun. And I saw Eli back in the shotgun almost the entire game. And as the game went on, you know, one of the announcers said that New Orleans was playing a slowdown game to keep the Giants' playmakers off the field. I think that turned around because – they realized the Giants were going to make any adjustments. I just think that in uh, support of what somebody said earlier, 
We're seeing no creativity from Shermer in our plays. They talk about New Orleans having good play design. I haven't heard one play this year where the announcer said that was good play design. Where I think we're being outcoached all the way around. We're seeing nothing that's keeping the other team off stride. I mean, chuck the ball down the field sometimes. We're talking earlier in the year about how we can't wait to see uh, Barkley come out on a wheel route. Uh, I haven't seen a wheel route all year. Mark, Do rollouts, Mark, sprint outs, Mark, bootlegs, Mark, do anything Mark. to keep the other team off balance. Mark, and we're not seeing anything. Mark, how many times has Eli been – I'm not saying you're wrong, okay? I'm not saying you're wrong. But I am. How many times – Look at the schemes and the formations they're how using. Many you time, don't know what you're watching. How many times has Eli been sacked this year? I understand that. And what you do to counteract the sack is do something different, like a rollout or a bootleg. You, gotta, you can't keep doing the same thing. And, it's, and because of our offensive line, which is the problem that you're sort of describing, you can't keep Not doing sort the same of. thing. That has been a problem. Something different to happen. Well, thanks. Go to a, a hurry-up offense. Do something that is going to keep them from just teeing off on Eli and, and playing this uh, cover two and cover three. We're not doing anything creative to get out of what we're, what we're doing. All right. And that's my whole point. Thanks for the call, Mark. M- much appreciated. He, Let- he obviously hasn't watched too many games this year because the formations that the Giants are using with double tight ends, they're using sometimes uh, double stack receivers. They're using uh, running backs running out on routes into the slot, whether it's Goldman. Barkley's done some stuff out by the boundary. The formations and the schematics that they're using offensively are vastly different than anything they did last year. Vastly different. Now, if you want to argue about where the ball's going and what the progressions are and, and, and what the play call is, you can, you can certainly make your comments about that. You cannot make comments, though, about the creativity of the scheme. Because the player deployment is significantly different than anything that McAdoo did. All right. Let's go to our uh, buddy in uh, Columbia, Maryland, who's always uh, a fun conversation, our buddy Len. Len, you're on with Russ and Paulie Dots. How are we doing? Yeah. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Hey, listen, just a quick compliment. Thank you for spending so much time on the officiating. That was worth it. It was terrible on Sunday. No one's going to um, dispute and, and the, the, I, I tell you, um, you know, it was just, I mean, it was bad. I, I, don't, I don't know how else to put it. It affected the game. And I'm not just saying that because the Giants lost. I mean, it's just, it, there were a lot of calls in there. It's just, just, just hard to explain. Okay, Russ, this is. Um, you know Russ, what, Len? If you give me oh, half a second, I just want to make a comment about the Goldman hit. I just yeah. watched it again in slow motion. The, the player did lower himself to attack Goldman, but his helmet was to the front of Goldman, and right. it was his shoulder that actually went smack into Goldman. Exactly. There's nothing dirty about that play whatsoever. No, there, w- there wasn't any. Just, okay. just to make that clear. Go ahead, Len. Uh, yeah. Well, Paul, let me, let me add something to that in, in the form of a question. Yeah. Um, if, if with the crown of your head you hit the ball first, is that a penalty? It's, it's probably not a penalty. It's a good question. <laughs> I'm serious. You no, know what? It's probably, it's probably not a penalty. Call call one eight hundred Goodell. I did want to compliment you. You know the official. You know what drives me crazy about the officiating? When the guy standing over the play doesn't throw the flag, and somebody throws it from fifteen yards away. That's always the, the, the that that uh, that's been a bitch for everybody. <laughs> 
No, no, seriously. I mean, everybody, I don't, yeah. yeah, everybody. Wait a minute. You're calling it here, but that guy can't. I mean, he's on top of it. And why is the guy like, you know, 20 yards away calling it with nine bodies in between? You know, and that goes back to my point earlier. When if officials need to the, the, have the need to conference, they feel the need to conference. You'd like the eye in the sky to be able to pick up that flag. But now Russ makes a good point. You got officials who don't want to be held accountable, who may yeah. may not want to have that conference because, oh, no, if we have a conference, then the eye in the sky might fix the call and they'll find out that I'm wrong. I mean, That's, human nature by all officials in every sport is that they don't want to be caught right-handed that they made a mistake. That's there you go. There you go. That's now, been a problem now in when all the refs, sports. When, when the refs start talking to each other on the field, um, the, 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 the ref that made the call has got to agree to pick up that, that flag. If he doesn't agree to pick up that flag, that penalty is going to stand. Mm-hmm. It's going to stand. That's right. And and you, and, you know human nature and, is the, the he's not going to want to do that. Say, Listen, we didn't see it. What do you want to do? If he says, oh, no, I saw a penalty, it stays. You're it right. Stays. No, that's the way the system works right now, which is why yeah. I'd love to see the eye in the sky be able to pick up that flag. I'd love to you know, be able to see that. I think that I think the league that's, – that's a good idea, Paul. And I think the league needs to consider – those kinds of things when we get into the, you know, when we get into the off season, uh, Russ. I just want to tell Paulie that uh, the next thing that I say here is an extension of my conversation yesterday with you right. about how I think things are going to get better as we go forward. Go ahead. A couple, a couple of things that we got to remember. For, first of all, counting the upcoming game on Sunday, three of these five teams who are playing are top ten teams easily top 10 teams who are probably going to win 10 games apiece. I mean, the competition has been tough. The competition has well, been let, tough. Let, let, these, Len, these are good teams. Len, remember something. If you look at the schedule, there's not one ounce of competition where you can say, this is a win, this is a win, this is no, a win. Right. It, it's a killer right. schedule, especially the first yes. seven, eight games. So. Yeah, but when, when, you, when you look at these teams, uh, you know, you look at New Orleans, one thing that hasn't been discussed, I hate to go back, Russ, I know you don't want to do that, but just to the New Orleans game. That, that offensive line is awfully good. That New Orleans offensive line, I mean, that's, a, that's as good an offensive line as we're going to face all year. I mean, that, that was a good one. All right, things are, going, things are going to get better, Paulie. That was my theme yesterday. Let me add a couple of things. Mm-hmm. If, if, for, if for nothing else, we're not going to see those kinds of penalties two and three weeks in a row, okay? Secondly, the ball isn't always going to bounce the way it bounced on that fumbled punt the gin play, I mean, even the, even the fumble that Latimer picked up, um, you know, the ball just bounced right up there. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to bounce differently. It's a funny-shaped ball. You know that. It's not always going to be bad things happening to the Giants in games. But I think, I think as we go through, things, things are going to get better. Now, here's, here's one thing I would like to see happen. Len, Len, just do me a favor. You know, we're running low on time. We've got okay. to get to another right. call. Make your point, and okay. then we've got to go okay. to somebody All else. Right. All right. Okay, okay. Real, real quick. I'll make it quick. The two biggest advantages that the offensive have is they know what the play's going to be when they know when the ball's going to be snapped. That's a mm-hmm. huge advantage. Yep. College, college coaches, pro coaches spend millions and millions of dollars trying to figure out those two things. I would like to see the Giants come up to the line of scrimmage with 15 seconds left and run the play, not wait till three seconds left. Kuchley's pretty smart. <clears throat> Using Sunday's game, he's going to figure things out. Come up to the line of scrimmage, uh, 
faster pace to the line of scrimmage and call the play. Yeah, I like Don't that. Sit there. Let's, let's get on with things. Let's uh, pick things up. That's one of the differences I want to see on Sunday. All right, thanks Len. For taking, thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Len. Appreciate it. By the way, uh, that was a Lombardi theory. Lombardi used to say all the time, get up to the line, get the quick count, get that snap off, because more often than not, you will catch the defense off balance. That was a Lombardi theory. Well, I, so I, I'm with you, Len. Yeah, that's just common sense. But, but there is one small asterisk here, and that is your offensive line, remember now, has only had two games together. And Eli needs to make sure they've got the right protections called out. And the center, in this case, uh, it's, it's now uh, um, Greco, John Gregory. He needs to then make sure that the line has the proper protections called out. Oh, good point. Because, again, we, we want this all to be precision run, but... It's not a video game, Russ. No, and, and, <laughs> it's and, not. And, and, and again, whether anybody wants to hear it or not, they're all new pieces on that offensive line, each and every one of them. Let's go to Ed. Ed in Massachusetts has been very, very patient. I thank you for waiting, Ed. We've just got a couple of minutes. What do you got for us, buddy? How you doing, guys? Good, Ed. First time, uh, first time caller, long time listener. Well, Thanks for dialing welcome up. aboard, pal. I, I, I'm sorry. I said welcome aboard, pal. Oh, hey, no problem. I, I just want to be. Uh, I just want to say that I am on board with Saquon Barkley. Wanted Barkley from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think one of the biggest problems that I'm seeing is we need to run the ball. Everybody knows we need to run the football. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley is a running back. This young man from the belt down to his shoelaces is built to run the football. I mean, nobody can question that. When you look at the left side of the offensive line, we went and we drafted uh, Hernandez in there. You got Nate Solder over on the other side, spent a ton of money on him. You got Rhett Ellison. Pull the guard. Get Hernandez out in space. The guy's a run-blocking beast. He's not a pass-blocking guy yet. Get him out there. Let them eat out in, the open, out in the open space, and let's run the ball around the corner. You, 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 you touch down the, the, the stack and the two wide receivers, get two wide receivers out there, get these guys out in space, blocking down the field, and let's run the football. I, I, just, I, don't, I just can't understand why we're throwing it to this kid so many times. Yeah, Paul, uh... and, 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 uh, excuse me, Ed, you know, Pat Shermer, yeah. and, you know, we got to hang up, Ed, because we're, you know, just about out of time, but thanks for bringing that point up. I, I think okay. Pat, Pat has said to us, uh, and when I say us, the media, which in turn gets said to you, the fans, he said after the game, yeah, he, he'd like to get him more touches, and he wasn't talking about just about a little out pass, let him rush the ball, and I, I think I'm 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 surmising that's going to be in the game plan. Yeah, I'm going to give you one stat. When opponents through three games against the Panthers this year have run the ball behind right tackle or off the edge to the right side, they've got 24 rushes for 199 yards. That is 8.2 yards per carry when running the ball behind right tackle or to the right edge against this Panthers defense. That is a significant amount of yardage, Russ. I would say, yeah, Saquon Barkley, it's time to attack. All right, listen, uh, do we have time for one more call here, Brandon? All right, let's, we'll wrap it up because uh, Bruce in Albany, Georgia, has been hanging on. Again, Bruce, thanks to you. Been a lot of calls this morning, a lot of conversation. What do you got, Bruce? Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks a lot. I love you guys. Um, 
I never played football, and I've watched football since the seventies. I was uh, born in New Jersey. I'm down here in Albany, mm-hmm. um, and I have a que- I have a question for you. This new kickoff return. Um, I watched Pat Sermer's uh, press conference, and he said, "Yeah, the guy pulled one or two out. that's questionable." But it seems like with the new way that it's set up, every time the punt return, I mean the kickoff returner grabs the ball and he starts to run, he's being met at the seven, eight, or nine, or ten yard line. What what what's different? Because before it seems like we were getting to the fifteen, maybe to the twenty. What's the difference of what we used to have to what we have now? The Giants have not had very accomplished kick returners on their team all season. They're having a lot of trouble. Go ahead, Russ. No, thanks for the call, Bruce. We just got to uh, get going here. Sim- simply put, right, no the Giants in, in the punt return and kick return game have been very, very poor. Their average starting field position, Russ, did you know this, is the 24-and-a-half-yard line. That is the third-worst average starting field position in the National Football League. And by the way, that also dramatically impacts the offensive playbook. And anybody who doesn't think so doesn't know anything about football because it changes your calls and it changes how the defense is going to play you. And the Giants have been playing uphill, uphill, virtually all season long because their field position has been terrible. That's a big deal. It's all connected, as we've been saying. It is all connected, and you know what? It all needs to be improved. Each and every aspect needs to be improved. Anyway, folks, that uh, little, that's a wrap, but we want to remind all of you once again that Big Blue Kickoff Live here presented all the time to you by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win yourself amazing Giants prizes throughout this 2018 season. For my buddy here, Paulie Dots, Paul Dottino, I am Russ Salzberg. Thanks you for being part of today. We will see you here on Big Blue Kickoff on Giants.com next time. Have a good one. Thank you. That was a good show today. I got here as soon as I could. No, no, it was great. It wasn't that bad. Great. Tina was real great. We just zipped no. through it. That, that was, I, I just couldn't ask them, especially in light of Rich not being here. We got to get back fast. I, I couldn't ask I them to do it at 2.30. No. Then they would have, we would have gotten back much later. I know. I Good know, show. Know. Hey, by the way, buddy, Brandon. What's up? Maybe there's something wrong with the connection here because.